0: Welcome to episode 82 of No Crying in Baseball, the Mother's Day episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my mom friend, Potty Mouth. Happy Mother's Day, Potty Mouth. Hey, happy Mother's Day to you too. It's Thank been you. many a
1: Mother's Day that we have passed together. It is true. And it's special today to look at social media and see how our baseball buddies, those players, are recognizing their moms.
0: It's getting me all teary-eyed. Yeah, I'm not usually as much of a teary-eyed pushover as Potty Mouth is, but it's getting to me too. They're really very sweet. And as the parent of an athlete, I'm like, look, they it does matter. It yeah. does matter that you pay attention to what your kids are doing and you support them, whether it's sports or not.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of thanking their moms for stuff. You know, the, the one that Got me sucked in unlikely was Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Did a really sweet video to his mom thanking her for always being there when he was doing his games and appreciating her for running him around. And uh, yeah, it brings I guess Mother's Day just
0: brings out the best in everybody. It sure does. It sure does. Hey, we had a really good week. Oh, it was awesome. We were so privileged to host our friend Cammie Kidder, the filmmaker of the Throw Like a Girl documentary here in our hometown for the world premiere showing of a rough cut of her documentary. And it was so great and so much fun. What a good evening. Yeah, it was very
1: well received. There was some great Q&A afterwards. And dear listeners, we have the privilege of bringing that to you Next week, because it's been a really busy week for us, and we have other stuff going on on our show today, as you are about to hear from Patty.
0: But we have some great audio from that that we will bring to you. On today's show, we're going to give you a boyfriend update on some boyfriends past and present and what they're doing to stay in our good boyfriend graces. We're going to talk about Addison fricking Russell again, because we can't ever stop talking about Addison fricking Russell. The panda follows... Mudcat, and making history. Albert Pujols sets an RBI record, and that leads to a new set of rules from your friends at No Crying in Baseball about catching balls in the stands. And we're going to close with part two of our interview with Jen Rubenstein of Queer Fancy Stats, where we talk with them about nights out at the ballpark and why they're important.
1: But first... An update on our boyfriends. These are the guys that we like to check in on every week. We pick them with painstaking care in the offseason, those special guys who do something beyond the field, but what they're doing on the field should also be noteworthy, especially if we're going to have any success in our fantasy baseball boyfriend league. And Stay I wanna, tuned for that. Not yeah. likely. <laughs> all right. So it's not fleshing out exactly in my numbers yet, but I, I'm a little bit happy with my Dodgers boyfriend right now because of my ex-boyfriend from the Dodgers. That would be last year I had Kike Hernandez, and I picked him because of his personality, let's say. And I remember last year being really happy with all of the fun stuff he was doing, but not quite as happy with his performance on the field. And now that I don't have him anymore... He's just
0: rocking it. He's doing really well. I don't think those things are connected. I hope they're not connected. Yeah,
1: I hope not. Or or maybe it means that I picked the wrong boyfriend to
0: hang on to since we can keep one. I don't know. It's timing. Timing is everything. Sometimes the relationships just have to happen at the right time for both parties. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. I'm here for you. I'm wise. I'm a wise mother. I know these things.
1: <laughs> that, that really <laughs> makes sense. And he um, he's done a couple of really cool things this week that I'll try to post links to. One is that there's an article in Outsports about him, a positive thing. And whenever there's a positive article in Outsports about a player, I'm all for it. He also did this really sweet interview with La Vida Baseball where he talked about how all the hot uh, infielders right now happened to be Puerto Rican. So shortstop, especially. I guess he's playing shortstop these days. Last year, he was in the outfield when I had him. But him and uh, Javi Baez and Lindor and just how they're all rocking it for La Patria. But what what I love about him, especially now, is how he's taking care of my new Dodgers boyfriend, Justin Turner, who didn't start off this season As well as he was last year. So I was thinking I did this really shitty swap of who's doing well. But I guess there was this game last week, May 8th. And um, before he went to bat, Kike Hernandez took Justin Turner's bat and polished it, shined it all up, took off the tape, and said, All right, it is ready for you. And Turner promptly got a three run home run that game and has been hot ever since. So thank you, Kike, for officially passing the torch, passing the bat. To my new boyfriend, Justin Turner, who uh, started off hitting against the Nats, but then thanks to his error last night, the Nats won. So I'm thinking that Kike maybe should get hold of that glove at this point, do (laughs) some shining on the glove as well.
0: In any case, we are grateful for boyfriend magic. So my Astros boyfriend this year, Michael Brantley, was on the Cleveland team last year, which is why I picked them. Picked him, of course, for the Astros team, because he's a Cleveland guy. And he is on pace for a career year in home runs and doubles, currently leads the American League in hits and batting average. I had no clue. Right. That's under the radar, he's, under my radar. He is absolutely under the radar. He's not one of those big, shiny, uh-huh. hey, look at me guys. That's your kind of guy. He is my kind of guy. And... The thing I want to highlight about him this week is, along with my last year's Astros boyfriend, who's kind of on the
2: The bad list list right
0: now, George Springer, but he and Michael Brantley are friends, they were driving together to the ballpark last Wednesday – When they saw a driver in distress on the side of the road, they pulled over on their way to a game, mind you, to which they were slightly late for their arrival time to help this woman change a flat tire on her car. Best excuse ever for being late to a game. And as someone who recently had a flat tire and Michael (laughs) Brantley was nowhere to be seen... I would so appreciate this, and what a guy! They had other things to do. They were they're very important people, as we say, and they took the time to help somebody in need. And they didn't advertise it, you know. They didn't say, "Hey, everybody, look at us! Look at this great thing we're mm-hmm. doing." So, extra credit points for boyfriend Michael Brantley. And let's hope that our our
1: local teams take note of that. So the next time we're out with flat tires, we might get some relief from,
0: say, Anthony Rendon. Sure, Why sure. Not? I, I'd be okay with that. I'm still not going to get a flat tire on purpose because boy, did that suck. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying that really sucked speaking of kind of sucking
1: (laughs) that's such a good segue thank you 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 thank you i'm a highly
0: paid professional addison frickin russell is back i would use a different name um you would that's why you're the potty mouth Mm -hmm. and i am not so addison frickin russell you may remember was suspended for domestic abuse and it was a very public incident whereas a lot of these are hushed up this may have been hushed up a little bit in the beginning but his now ex-wife has had public interviews, Um, the Cubs have talked about how they're working with him and going through all of these um, therapies and public service and all of this stuff going on. So he finally finished his suspension and came back to the ballpark this week and was booed soundly and this gives everyone an opportunity to like share their feelings all over again about Addison freaking russell
1: and it gives you a chance to review the booing rules so does this qualify were they approved was it justified to boo him what do you think according to the ncib patty rules
0: absolutely absolutely you can boo people for being a jerk asshole yeah yeah Mm -hmm. or a jerk yeah okay right
1: I, I guess what was in, intriguing to me was um, Epstein's response to why they're keeping him. And I you know, I, I feel so mixed about it because there's a, a difference between sort of excusing your behavior and maybe explaining something. And what he was saying is, well, let's not just dump them on another team in this pathetic state that he was in why not look toward rehabilitation so is is rehabilitation a thing right that's why you know theoretically people in prison should be rehabilitated which is not the way the system's set up but maybe mlb could do a better job in this concept of rehabilitation and they're they're forcing this counseling on him and apparently the difference in his public speaking was substantially different between before subs- uh, suspension where he was sort of doing the robotic this is what i'm supposed to say cuz my publicist tells me to say exactly yeah. and now apparently he sounds more like he's been really thinking about stuff and i started considering that you know there's that that idea of rehabilitation and and is somebody going to be stayed on the shit list forever But then I went back and read the Expanded Roster article from last December, mind you, but it was the interview uh, Kelly Wallace had with his ex-wife, and it reminded me of how shitty that—I mean, just short-term memory. It was such a horrific relationship for so long, and what really stood out to me is when she talked about how convincing he was when he would come crawling back to her— And I was thinking, is that the same convincing in this change of voice? So I I don't know where to go with this. I really don't.
0: What I like about this situation and the only thing I like about it is that the Cubs are leaning in.
2: The Mm -hmm. Cubs as
0: an organization are making changes to how they work with their players and their players' families. As coming out of all of this horror, the Cubs are doing a better job of educating their players About domestic abuse. They have also done outreach to the wives and the girlfriends of the players to work with them and do workshops with them. I think looking for warning signs and what, and here are resources and what can you do. So they're paying attention to their responsibility as a ball club. I don't, I'm still using Frickin' as the middle name for Addison Russell until he shows me otherwise, but I do like the Cubs' response. That to makes all sense. this. I think I can break those two apart in my head that the Cubs response, I'm I'm behind mostly Addison Frick and Russell, I am not.
1: Yeah, well, and they also had a lot of room for improvement from their original. Absolutely. Response. Yeah. So it's yeah, we have to acknowledge movement, but it's not over yet.
0: I want a happy story. Thank Quick you. A little happy story Please. about our pal, the panda, Pablo Sandoval, who did something to one up a little bit of history. In 1964, a Cleveland pitcher, Mudcat Grant, pitched, hit a home run, and stole a base all in one game, which was kind of outstanding. Pitchers aren't known for doing those other things so much. So no, that's close. Especially cool. stealing a base. This was 1964. This was the year of my birth. OK, so and I'm old. So this is a long time since this has all happened in one game. So just this past week, the Giants infielder, Pablo Sandoval, pitched a scoreless inning, right? He's an infielder. He pitched a scoreless inning and hit a home run, and stole a base. But that part I
1: am most incredulous about. I can't imagine Panda stealing a base. How did that He's not look? really
0: built for speed, is no, what you're saying. No, not at all. Right. Plus, they had an added degree of difficulties. This was at um, Cincinnati, where the game was shut down temporarily because of bees on the field, like buzzing bees attacking on the field. So he did all of those things, plus there were bees. So I think he has successfully overtaken Mudcat Grant in the history books. So the Panda
1: takes over the cat. Right, and now I have learned that 1964 was a banner year in Cleveland between your birth and this mudcat thing. This, this whole mudcat thing—that's <laughs> how
0: that's <laughs> that's like the they call it. Two. That whole mudcat thing. <laughs> right. Let's move on from the Mudcat thing to the Pujols thing.
1: The Pujols thing. More happy news. Uh, Albert Pujols, who is now on the Angels but was incredibly well-known for his time on the Cardinals, has become either the third or fourth, depending on how you count. Not sure how I count. With math. We count with math. I suck at that, though. (laughs) Well, here's a big number, though. 2,000 runs batted in. 2,000 RBIs Pujols did the other night. Which, if you count Babe Ruth, which I guess that's guesstimating
0: because they didn't count RBIs then, is yeah, it? Yeah, that wasn't an officially tracked statistic back in, in those days.
1: So, Ru- Ruth might have been number one. And if not, after him came Hank Aaron and then A-Rod and now holes. So, I'm I'm rooting for holes to keep going. I know he's 39 years old. I'm not sure how much time he has left, but he only has 86 more RBIs to bump out A-Rod.
0: So <laughs> Bumping I, out A-Rod. I'm it's always on your list that. somewhere.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is he's now tied with A-Rod for the number one. So the most seasons to be at over 100 runs batted in per season. Both he and A-Rod have had 14 seasons doing that. Good God. So yeah. Holy shit. So wouldn't it be amazing if he could do that again? Double bump out A-Rod. That would <laughs> Love, A-Rod. I I hear the love. I (laughs) totally love. But there's a side story on this, which allows you to give us more rules, which I know that I love when (laughs) I can impose
0: rules on a situation.
1: (laughs) The baseball audience out there is looking for Patty's rules for what do we do? So what do we do when you catch a banner baseball? So the guy who caught this baseball The 2000 RBI RBI baseball. baseball, What's usually supposed to happen is you give it to the player in exchange for some sort of swag. Like they're not going to let you go off empty handed. So the guy catches the ball and apparently he took umbrage with the force at which the Tigers staff sort of assumed he was going to hand over the ball.
0: Right. To be clear, the Tigers were the home team, Mm -hmm. but not the team that Pujols plays for. So the Tigers were sort of inserting themselves because it was their park. So I think it was like their park, their assumptions.
1: Yeah, and and they were losing the game and they lost the game. I don't know how bitter he was about that, but he said that he just didn't like the forcefulness. So he said, I'm going to keep the ball. I'm going to give it to my brother-in-law or brother, somebody who is a Cards fan. And uh, I guess somebody, some rep from Pujols went for it and he said no to that too. And Pujols was sort of like, Whatever, man. You know, he really didn't make a big deal out of it. He was like, if he wants to keep him, let it keep it. I'm not going to be bribing him for it. I think his his message was trying to get across, don't be holding out for the big bucks for me if that's what you're trying to do, dude. But it seemed like the guy was just kind of pissed off at the way that they approached him. He's turned around since then. I'm wondering if, like, all this press, he's gotten beyond his 15 minutes of fame. But now he's saying that he will hand over the ball. Pujols is saying, don't give it to
0: me. Give it to the Hall of Fame. That's Mm -hmm. where it should go. So the trick is, when you hang on to the ball, they can no longer authenticate the ball.
1: Yeah, so that's, like, the fucked up thing. Like, I'm going to keep the ball and give it to my brother-in-law, but nobody knows what kind of ball that is. I mean, I have a ball that was hit by Wade Boggs. Does anybody besides me know that? No.
0: All our listeners know that. Yeah, go back because to we an all earlier believe repos-
1: episode. I did <laughs> I did talk about that once upon a time. You did? Yeah.
0: Okay, so there are rules. There are rules for catching balls in the stand. And they are about more than just this one kind of situation. But there aren't that many. But they're pretty... What I would think you should already understand these rules. The first and foremost is do not reach over the wall for a ball or get in the way of a player diving your way over the wall to try to make a play. That okay? pisses me off. Right? Yeah. And everyone will hate you. And you might get on television, but for not for any good reason. People will hate you. Don't be hated and don't change the game, right? However, my daughter's rule is if a ball comes at you at 100 miles per hour, you can do with it whatever you want. <laughs> that's Right? I think that's totally If you catch fair. it and it doesn't kill you, you can do whatever you right. want with it. A safety issue is if a ball is totally skied and is dropping from a zillion feet above you, catch it on the bounce so you don't hurt yourself unless you are a highly trained professional and have either a mitt or good control over a ball cap and once you can catch it because otherwise it will hurt like hell. And as moms on Mother's Day, we care about you and your safety. Mm -hmm. Because we're moms, we also do not want you to grab a ball out of a kid's hand. Really bad optics. Again, you're going to show up on social media and people will hate you and you're going to make a kid cry. Don't make kids cry on purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, if what you're doing is catching a ball that's going to hit a kid in the head and hurt them, great. Save their lives and then hand them the damn ball. You don't get to keep that ball. Okay. So um, style points. Try to catch the ball with your beer or your popcorn because then you'll end up on cut four.
1: That's my, like, lifetime goal at this point, to catch the ball in the beer.
0: And you know what happens if you catch the ball in the beer?
1: You, you drink the beer. You have
0: to drink the beer with mm-hmm. the ball in it, and then and there's much cheering. So many germs. Right? Right? So mm-hmm. anything else after that is all about context, what you do with the ball, right? Is that ball meaningful to the hitter? Like, is it Pujols' 2,000th RBI? If it's meaningful to the hitter, they're going to give you swag for it, as Potty Mouse said. Just give it back. Make the, you know, re- the hitter did a cool thing. You were there. You saw it. You'll end up with an autograph, something, and, and life goes on. It's all good. It's totally a fair trade. So if it's a foul ball... Probably give it to a kid. Now, that kid could be your adult child at home, and you can say, oh, I'm going to give it to a kid. But really, I mean, it's a foul ball. Okay? You got it. it was a mistake. It wasn't notable. It'll make a kid happy. And kid you happy. know that you're on the jumbotron, so people are going to notice that. And right. if you're giving it to a kid, you will be loved. Now, if it's a home run, okay, keep that baby, right? Unless... It's the opposing team that hit that ball, in which case there are a couple corollaries. If that hitter is meaningful to you, like you're it's it's a visiting team, but you've always really liked that guy, and that guy had a home run to you, you're special. You get to keep that ball. But if it's just a score for the a point for the other team, you have two basic choices. One is throw it back on the field, which is what the old school people do. And I admire those old school people who are like, screw you, boom, yeah. ball back on the mm-hmm. field. <laughs> Me too. Or Give it to a fan of that team who is sitting near you because you will make their day.
1: It depends, I guess, on how well behaved those fans. Are, oh, you get to I choose. Yeah,
0: you get to choose. You can reward good behavior of, of, of fans from uh, other teams. Absolutely, and
1: and according to your previously stated rules, I would think that the best option would be to give it to the
0: youngest fan of the opposing team. In your vicinity. That would be ideal. So in the specific case of pool holes, the guy should have given the ball back right away in return for whatever pool holes offered him because he doesn't have to offer you anything and you're both just being good guys. And go ahead and be good guys.
1: And if the ball is going to the Hall of Fame, which is where it seems it will be, I think that there will be a Pujols exhibit there. Pujols is going to make it to the Hall of Fame. The man has over 3,000 hits. We saw that last season, over 600 home runs and over 2,000 RBI at this point. And he's batting a lifetime average of 301. Let's hope he can hang on to
0: that. But uh, yeah, good stuff going on in the Hall of Fame. I have a new best friend. His name is Gerardo Para. Gerardo Para was DFA'd by the Giants just last week. And the Nationals picked him up, right? Because we've had a lot of injuries. We need help in the outfield. People are dropping like flies. We need help, period. We need yeah. help in a lot of places. And one of them is also at first base, which is where he played last night. So last night, Gerardo Para got his very first hit as a National. It was a grand slam. It won the game. He also played some incredibly sexy defense. So welcome Gerardo Parra and you know he got DFA because he had a terrible start to his season and so of the Nats but what what Parra said when he was interviewed about being picked up by the Nats he said it's not how you start it's how you finish the season
1: amen to that as a Nats fan I can say let's let's hope that it's not how they started but how they are going to finish Speaking of interviews, right now for you, we have more of our last week's interview with Jen Rubenstein of Queer Fancy Stats, and tonight they're going to go through the nights out at the ballpark.
0: So let, let's talk nationals at a whole. We, we, as a whole, we've got Night night Out coming up, and you're involved.
2: I am very excited. This is my second year on the Night Out committee, um, and... This is the 15th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. Mm-hmm. So the, the 50th anniversary of that and the 15th annual night out game at the Nationals. So this is something that really started out. It was completely grassroots. It was a group of folks that got together like anyone can get group tickets to a baseball game. That's how it began. And it's just grown and grown from there. So um, we are actually... Fully partnered with the team. It's listed on their special event page as one of the actual promotional games. Um, I don't think they've been doing too much in terms of marketing for it yet, but they will. I know even last year they um, had some commercials on Masson during the games. And um, if you watch the broadcast, uh, FP and Bob did a couple little promos leading up to it with the actual mm-hmm. graphic with the rainbow curly W logo. So it's, it's really nice to know that the, the team is completely on board with us. Um, this year, for the first time, the team is actually making special shirts. So you have to buy the special event night out ticket. But once you get the ticket, you get the shirt that day. So it's a red shirt with the script nationals logo in rainbow on the front. And then on the back, it'll say team DC, um, Fifteenth annual night out.
1: That is so awesome. You know, us as partial season ticket holders, we we become very jealous for these cool things. Like we wish we could because we already have tickets, right? But we wish we could <laughs> buy in and support certain things like night out. Yeah, our, and our kids are so interested in that. There's no way to get in from the season ticket end.
2: I don't think so. I. Honestly, I would suggest talking to your rep. I yeah. don't uh, know if already get a, a game in your package. It's just like all of the other um, special yeah. event yeah. tickets. So, like when they have the the special school night, and there'll be a curly W hat sure. in the school colors, but you have to have the special ticket. It's that same um, type of thing. Although, hopefully, we have a lot more. I think last year we had about four thousand folks. Um, with official wow. night out tickets. So that doesn't even include those people that have full season tickets or partial season tickets that are there for that game um, and other people that buy tickets for that game that might not get the, the special event ticket. So that's something I would love to have in the future. I know there are, and I can't remember which team it was, I feel like there was one team this year that actually did their Pride Night giveaway giveaway for not even the first 10,000 or so in the stadium, but for everyone in attendance. Holy crap. Uh, That's amazing. I think it was like Oakland or something though. Well, okay. Well, I know that the Dodgers
0: had a big deal going on
1: with that. Like all the queer eye guys were at the Dodgers game for it. I don't know if that's past, present or future, but I know that it's (laughs) their plan, right? The
2: Dodgers have been the past few years, the biggest pride night game in sports. So the nationals, is pretty good. I believe we're, if not the second, then pretty close. Um, but the Dodgers, and I think that's for a lot of reasons, um, but the Dodgers are, they had a lot. I think last year they had 10,000 people to our 4,000. Um, but I mean, they're in but LA. It's LA, yeah. <laughs> they have so, a lot of folks to use for promotion. So yeah, it's, I think they're in a little different kind of situation than, um, than we are but it's still it's awesome and I would love to go to their pride night I'd love to go to all of them at some point that's my like dream major league baseball road trip is hitting all the pride nights
1: that would be amazing that was kind of our next question is is it everybody except the Yankees still that's what was true last year isn't it
2: so the Yankees this year are doing a commemoration of Stonewall, Stonewall. because and it's and New York i calling it a pride night so, huh. But at least they're, ha- they're making an acknowledgement. They're donating a lot of money to, I want to say, a scholarship fund. Um, I'm a fan of that. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely doing a lot. It's just really funny that they're the Yankees and they don't do Pride Nights. And so even though they're actually doing something really great this year, they still won't call it. That. <laughs> I just find that very funny. Right.
1: I think they're um, doubling down because their excuse is that they don't do nights like that in general. So right. it's like their policy across the board, but it's still kind of a lame excuse. But I've yeah, never been like, one to say nice things about the Yankees.
2: You can't say anything when you have a barstool night. So mm. I just, the Yankees, you can't say
1: anything if you have a barstool night. <laughs> My God,
2: <laughs> they're just garbage. Uh, but I think there are a couple other teams that. Um, I know the Marlins were going to do one. Last I checked, it hadn't been announced yet, but that was a little while ago. So I'm sure that they're doing it because the Marlins usually do a pretty great job. Um, so I was actually surprised when I saw they hadn't had anything listed yet. Um, I want to say there's a couple teams in Texas. I think the Rangers and maybe the Astros that didn't have anything. So I don't know if they're going to come up with something later. I know I think it was last year that the Astros at the last second decided to do something with like a few week notice. And um, but they at least did something for the first time, because I believe that's when the Yankees ended up being the last team to have never done it. Um,
0: So are are there some benchmarks that make a Pride Night more impactful? Like sometimes at at some level, it's just let's just sell more merch for the team. This time we're going to slap a rainbow on and call it done. But
2: yeah, Rainbow but, capitalism. Yep.
0: <laughs> y- yes, <laughs> that's a great term. Exactly. <laughs> so like, so what are things that make it real that make it better?
2: Uh, I think there's a lot of pieces. On the one hand, yes, it can kind of feel like, you know, the LGBTQ community is just being pandered to. But on the other hand, there's a certain amount of please pander to us. So there's trying sure. to find the uh, the balance there. Because like we, we want to be marketed to, we want it to be acknowledged that we are, like, you're not bringing us as people who have never been to a baseball game before and we see a rainbow and we just go to it, you know? We are already in the fan base and it's really cool to be acknowledged and right. be able to get things like the merch for that. So that's one piece. Um, One of the biggest parts of it, and this is something that I've noticed from, um, some of the other nights out around DC. So night out at the nationals is by far the biggest, but there's a night out for every single professional um, sport team in DC. So one of the things like with the wizards that I noticed this year, there was virtually no publicity leading up to the night. And you really just had to know that that night Mm -hmm. was the pride night. But once you were there, they did a great job within the game. So the scoreboard had the rainbow logo all throughout the game at different uh, points throughout every quarter. I can't remember what it was like after every timeout, that kind of thing on all of the ribbon displays around the entire arena. um, The dance team was wearing the rainbow logo shirts. The in-game host had the shirt on. So every time he was on, on the screen with the microphone, you saw it. So it, You had to really try to miss the fact that once you were there, that it was the pride game. So having that kind of visibility. So both pieces, the visibility and just knowing that it's coming in advance of the event. And then also once you're there in the past, the Nationals have flown a rainbow flag out Mm -hmm. in on the center field concourse. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, that's that's pretty awesome. You know, you come up. I don't know how many people really look up at the flags, but the fact that it's up there with the American flag, with the national flag, like, that's pretty cool.
1: Although I was kind of sad that they took it down. I'm sort of thinking, so there's this Pride Night thing, so you have the night, and then the next day the flag's down. And I kind of thought, like, why can't there be an element of that always?
2: Maybe they would just keep it for even the whole Pride Month. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be pretty awesome. Um, I don't know all of the different pieces that go into that. I don't know if there are any other types of flags that ever fly throughout the season, right. and that might yeah. be an issue because it's not the only special flag. There's a lot you of flags. Have yeah. a thousand <laughs> flags, um, but yeah, no. That's that's a good question and something to to talk about. But that's, I mean, they they've really been. I'm not by any means going to say that this is. You know, they've done everything they can do and they've reached the epitome and like they're great. Um, but like a few years ago, the night out game was two days after Pulse, the, uh, the right. Pulse shooting oh, in Orlando. Wow. Um, and it was actually the team that reached out to Team DC. And I wasn't even on the, the committee at the time, but the, the team reached out and said, this just happened. Our game is on Tuesday. The shooting was on Sunday. What can we do? to commemorate it so like obviously pride is a party pride is a celebration but it's also you know remembering a lot of tragic things that led to this point and they wanted to be able to acknowledge that Uh, and the team actually took it upon themselves to go online and buy a giant rainbow flag that was held over the pitcher's mound um, and the gay men's chorus of dc sang I think they sang um, True Colors just to yeah. kind of have like a moment of acknowledgement of this tragic shooting that had just happened that had really, really impacted the LGBTQ community, not just in Orlando. Right. Um, so that's, and they, I mean, they obviously do other things throughout the um, the game as well. That's Aaron Dolan and Sean Doolittle gave an interview a few months ago. And one of the things they talked, it was on the, um, Hardball Times podcast. Yeah,
1: great interview. Really good interview.
2: so oh good. I actually transcribed a piece of it because they were talking about things about Night Out. And one of the things that I really loved was that Erin was talking about exactly what you're saying, having it not just be pandering. And so this is I'm actually going to quote Erin Dolan directly here. She said, Um, it's important that teams improve how they engage with this community, how they think of them as fans, not as a niche market, not as some supplementary fan base that they have the option to engage. These are fans that are already there. Think of them as such. And don't just think about it as branding. Don't just think about how many corporate sponsors you can get. Think about how you can use it as an opportunity to get involved in that space, that community space, and see how your team can serve that community because they're fans. They're already there. She's amazing. She is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, they should just print wrote.
1: that out and give it to all the players. That would be.
2: Uh, too much. Um, so yeah, and I think that's a place where um, Sean and Aaron are, they're, they don't just talk the talk. They're actually behind the scenes doing it. And again, it's not just a in the month of June, which happens to be Pride Month, deciding to have a service event and going and doing something in the LGBTQ community. And that's awesome. If someone were to do that, that would be great. But they're making it a year-round commitment. Like I said, Erin is actually on the board of Smile now, which is just incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's it's gone beyond that. A lot of that is what they as individuals are doing. So, yes, they are representing the nationals. It's not really this is a thing the nationals are doing. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, there's so little in terms of that type of activism within Major League Baseball at all, yeah, the bar is pretty low, ex-
0: unfortunately,
2: yeah, I just feel extraordinarily lucky that there are, yeah, yep.
1: with that that and that's a really happy thing to to end on. just yeah. that there's positive stuff going on. We're going to focus on the positive. And speaking of more positive information, you have so much good stuff out there. Could you run down how people can find you, your blog, your Twitter? Whatever you have out there that we can get information from.
2: Absolutely. So the easiest way to find everything is really on Twitter, which is Queer Fancy Stats. Um, The blog is linked from there, but you can find it just by going to JenRubenstein.com. It's Jen with two N's. Um, And my DMs on that Twitter account are open. So if you have any questions about anything, you can feel free to contact me there. Um, there are tickets available through directly through the Nationals for the Night Out game. If you're looking for um, single tickets or just a couple tickets, groups of any size from fewer than ten to a hundred plus, um, I can still help with that. If anyone is interested in that, um, Did we you say do that's June Fourth? Have the special ticket in order to get the shirt.
0: Did did, did we say it's June Fourth, right?
2: Tuesday, June Fourth against the Chicago White Sox. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. I know we could go on for a really long time. And we have. Yeah, and we have. (laughs) It's all good. And we have. But there'll be more to come. So thanks so much for being with us, Jen.
2: Thank you so very much for having me. All
0: right. So we've got all of these nights out coming out mostly in June. I want to highlight a couple of them for you. The Angels are having their very first night out at the ballpark on June 25th. So welcome to the Century Angels. We're happy to have you with us. The Rangers and Astros are not having nights out this year. What's up in Texas? That's is it a Texas thing? Isn't what's wrong with Texas like the name of a book? It's sort of like a <laughs> it's a regular thing. Yeah. yeah, so Texas is its own thing. So the Rangers and the Astros not having their own, but interestingly, the Red Sox have scheduled their Pride night in Boston when the Rangers are in town. And the Cardinals have scheduled their Pride night in St. Louis when the Astros are in town. So perhaps the players will experience nights out at the ballpark and say, hey, why aren't we doing this? And take that story home so next year they're doing it too. Good
1: plan. Uh, I guess it's that time that I need to run down our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend League, Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. It's um, We're not doing great. But we have our fantasy boyfriends in our teams, and uh, Patty and I's team are number five and six right now. I am six. I'm below you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Um, I'm always, I've been totally hovering near the It's not pretty. I mean,
0: we are lovely humans, but Mm -hmm. we kind of suck at this, apparently.
1: Yeah, uh, although there's that, you know, it's how you end the season. That's right. It's not how you start. We'll see. But apparently Wombo is hanging on to first place with an asterisk. Because he has a violation in having an asshole on his team and no assholes are allowed on this league. To be fair,
0: the person in last place also has a an violation. Asshole? Yeah, and so they've both been notified officially. Mm-hmm. Um we're not so worried about the last place team. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, we are, because gosh darn it, we have rules. Yeah. We have boyfriend rules, and you got to follow them. And basically, that means
1: that you've got to have good guys, but they have to be good people, too. They cannot be abusers. They cannot be homophobes. And we have this sort of list of guys that are not allowed in our league. They're a hard no.
0: you, as the commissioner, are going to rectify that. This week... We got some ball games. The Nats will be back. I'm very bleary-eyed because the Nationals have been playing the Dodgers in Los Angeles, so I've been staying up super late. But this week, they're going to be home, which means we've got two Mets games, including an afternoon game, so Potty Mouth and I can play hooky and go to a day game, which is going to be awesome. And then the Cubs are in town, which is going to be super great. I I love it when the Cubs are in town, and they're here for my birthday, and they're here for my birthday. So I'm planning on a really, really good baseball week. Yeah, I am, too, because I get to participate in all that stuff. Looking forward to it. Yay. So while we're off watching baseball games, and I suppose you're going to be off watching baseball games, too, I hope, please tell your friends about our show and subscribe and have them subscribe to it. Write a review and leave a rating if you get a chance. And until next week, when it's going to be my birthday, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.